Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Nearly a third of the nurses that died because of COVID-19 in the United States are Filipinos. What risks do our Kababayan frontliners face abroad? And let's talk about the Supreme Court. Exactly how many justices has the president appointed? Wala po sa Quezon City. Ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako si Kat Ventura. It's December 11. Ito ang Teka Teka, Balita, para sa mga huli sa balita. This week, a Filipino nurse made headlines for administering the first COVID vaccine in the United Kingdom outside of trials. But it also makes us wonder how thousands of our fellow Filipino frontliners are doing abroad. Marami talagang Pinoy healthcare workers sa iba't ibang parte ng mundo. At nakakalungkot lang isipin na binubuwis na ang kanilang buhay para sa pandemyang ito. In the U.S., Filipino nurses make up 4% of the workforce. And yet, 31% of the nurses in the U.S. who died because of COVID are Filipinos. Josa Quinones has this report. More than 70 Phil-Am nurses have died because of COVID-19. This is according to the latest tally of the National Nurses United, or NNU. A lot of factors contribute to the high death toll among Pinoys. And one of them is the fact that majority of the Filipino nurses working in the U.S. are assigned to intensive care units. Here is Zeni Cortez, a president of NNU and the first Filipina nurse to be elected as the president of California Nurses Association. Filipino nurses tend to work in critical care areas because they're willing to take up the challenge. And for us here, working in the U.S., we constantly need to prove ourselves that we can do the job, that we are capable of handling difficult patients, difficult cases, and that we can survive in a difficult environment. Zeni also said, Filipino nurses feel more compelled to take care of their patients, even if that means putting their lives at risk in the COVID ward. And so in circumstances wherein there is no staff and the Filipino nurse is asked to stay overtime or work an extra day, that Filipino nurse would most likely say yes because they feel compelled to take care of the patients even though it's their day off. And then lately, what's been happening is that uh, family members are not allowed in the hospital to visit because of the pandemic. And so when we have dying patients in the intensive care, we are the only ones there to hold that patient's hand until they you know, breathe their last breath. In addition to prolonged exposure, There were no clear guidelines from the government and medical institutions on how to protect healthcare workers. Zeni said some hospitals even locked their PPEs, making it harder for nurses to access them. According to the federal government, they have sent out stockpiles of PPE to our facilities statewide, nationwide. 
But what's happening is the PPE is under lock and key in the manager's offices so that if you need something, let's say another N95 respirator mask, you would have to look for the supervisor or the manager first before you can get one. And in some cases, when they needed to respond to an emergency, they didn't have any PPE on because they know that the life of the patient is important. And so they rush into the room without the PPE. And unfortunately, she passed away after two weeks. And she's one of our kababayans. Chicago-based home health care nurse Van Farrow said he had to buy his own PPE. Even back in March, I remember I had to tell the nurses I'm supervising that, like, you need to wear a mask. Because unfortunately, like both of the companies I'm working for, they didn't even have a uh, coronavirus protocol until June. So I just decided to take matters into my own hands, buy my own PPE. So I was like haggling on eBay with masks because there was a big shortage of masks for like the first three months. Mataas man ang mortality rate, chances are conservative estimates pa ito. Ayon kay Zenny, they get their numbers from obituaries, social media posts, and from friends of friends. Because there's no data from hospitals or states, may chance na meron pa tayong nurses na hindi pa nabibilang dito. Maraming salamat, Josa Quinones. It was International Human Rights Day on Thursday. And while the world was celebrating that, in the Philippines, seven people were arrested by police. To be sure, they were arrested for supposedly illegal possession of firearms and explosives. But given the circumstances, advocates and lawyers say these people were not actually suspected criminals. They say they are just being harassed for their political advocacies. The operations were led by the Criminal Investigation and Detection Group. The police unit acquired search warrants for four different homes in Metro Manila. The arrests were carried out all in one day. And among those arrested is journalist Lady Anne Salem. She is the editor of Manila Today, one of the alternative news sites tagged by officials. Trade union organizer Denise Velasco and five others were also arrested. The police say they found firearms inside their homes. Here's attorney Cristina Conti of the National Union of People's Lawyers in an interview with ANC. You know, what's common about all these people we've realized is that most of them are community organizers. For example, Dennis Velasco, because he was the one I first assisted. He just worked on Marikina relief operations with Defend Jobs, a trade union organization. And then, of course, there's Lady Ansalem, we call her IC. She's actually a friend. She also graduated from UP Mascom. And she's a community journalist. So from what we're seeing, the police tied up all these cases as supposedly an operation against a criminal gang. And this is unacceptable. All of these arrests, as we said, took place on International Human Rights Day. Let's talk about the Supreme Court. Chief Justice Justado Peralta recently announced that he will retire from his post a year early that will allow President Duterte to appoint another Chief Justice of the Republic of the Philippines. And this week, an impeachment complaint has been filed against Associate Justice Marvick Leonin. Leonin is accused of supposedly delaying 
the resolution of pending cases in the Supreme Court and House of Representatives Electoral Tribunal. And he is also accused of allegedly failing to file his statement of assets, liabilities, and net worth when he was still teaching in UP. The Supreme Court currently has 14 justices, 11 of whom have been appointed by President Duterte. Ang natitira na lang actually na hindi inappoint ni Duterte ay si Associate Justice Perlas Bernabe, Benjamin Kagiwa, at Marvick Leonin. Now, all of this coming together has people asking, is this a coincidence or are there designs behind all of this? Obviously, the Supreme Court is very important. The Chief Justice position is very important, very influential. Among other things, the Chief Justices do not just preside over important cases. They also preside over things like the Presidential Electoral Tribunal. In particular, the ongoing challenge by former Senator Bongbong Marcos against the election of Vice President Lenny Robredo. It presides over matters concerning the war on drugs, EJKs, and petitions against the anti-terror law. And so we asked Attorney Ted De about the implications of these movements in the Supreme Court, not only on pending cases, but on many issues that could have long-term effects on the Philippines. Theoretically, it shouldn't matter because, again, the judiciary is really designed to be independent. And so the thinking there is that once you're appointed, especially to the Supreme Court, that as soon as you're appointed, then you become independent. You should no longer be beholden to any interests, whether political, private, or commercial. One important thing there is the stability in terms of the tenure of the justices, right? Because the more that you change the justices, because short-term appointments effectively are issued because the justices that are appointed are, let's say, on the older side, so they retire very quickly. The less stable, because there is a learning curve to the court. Since the start of his term, President Duterte and his allies had been able to replace a sitting chief justice and appoint three justices to the Supreme Court. And with Chief Justice Pirata's early retirement on March next year, the president will have another chance to appoint a replacement before June 2022. Here's Ted again. I would imagine in this next uh, chief justice selection, upon the actual retirement of Chief Justice Peralta as announced next year on his birthday, that the first five currently, right now, without Chief Justice Peralta being considered, would be considered to be in the running. And that would be Senior Associate Justice Bernabe, Justice Leon, and Justice Kagiwa, Justice Esmundo, and Justice Hernando. The most senior would be, in terms of age as well, would be Senior Associate Justice Bernabe, who would be retiring mandatorily on her birthday in May 2022. Because of the Supreme Court's decision in De Castro versus Judicial Bar Council, the president is no longer barred from making an appointment within the election period. So the so-called midnight appointments ban is not prohibited. And therefore, by reason of that rule, even during the election period, should a justice retire or a chief justice retire, then yes, the president may, under that ruling, appoint the replacement. Ted Te, of course, is the host of the podcast Te Talks, where he talks all things law and government. Listen to Te Talks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Sir Robbie, did you know that today is International Mountain Day? Wasn't particularly aware of that. Certainly, many of us are missing the sight of our forest, the wildlife therein, and sunrises. 
the fabulous vistas as seen from a mountain peak. Don't we all wish we had that view? But actually, ang International Mountain Day is a time for us to remember the value of protecting our mountain ecosystems. And the reason for that is particularly compelling this year, given the pandemic. Trisha Aquino tells us why. I talked to Dr. Teresa Mundita Lim, the Executive Director of the ASEAN Center for Biodiversity, about the importance of our mountains. Mountains are habitat of unique species of plants and animals, especially, for example, for the Philippines, that our mountains are actually islands of biodiversity. Our mountains have their own species aggregates that are found in, say, at the peak of Mount Isarog that cannot be found at the peak of the Cordilleras. At different elevations, sometimes you find different species or plant aggregations. So, iba yung makikita mo sa foot at that peak, iba rin yung makikita mo. And that diversity needs to be recognized and protected. Unfortunately, the Philippines is one of the most severely deforested countries in the region. Noong 1900, 70% of our land area was covered in forests. But as of this year, a little over 20% na lang ang forested. There's a bit of good news though, we actually have protected areas across ASEAN. These are called ASEAN Heritage Parks and are rich in biodiversity. We have 49 ASEAN Heritage Parks. Of course, across ASEAN, there would be more than a thousand protected areas. It's like the cream of the crop of protected areas in the region. For example, we have Mount Iglitbako, which is a known habitat of the Tamarau in Mindoro. Mount Apo is another ASEAN Heritage Park, which we all know is the highest point in the Philippines. Isa parito ang Mount Kitanglad in Bukidnon, which is home to the Philippine eagle and the tarsier, as well as the largest Rofflesia species in the Philippines, which is also the second largest flower in the world. Pero bakit nga ba especially relevant sa atin ang pagprotect ng ating mountains and our biodiversity at that in the middle of COVID-19? Here's Dr. Lim. Some species have already been identified as natural hosts for the virus, di ba? Tawag nila natural reservoir. You know, there has been findings that there are forms of the virus that is found in the systems in the mouth, in the cavities of bats. And then there are also intermediate hosts that have been identified that are wildlife as well. Sabi nila, COVID could have been transmitted from bats. An intermediate host could be the scaly anteater or it could be the civet cats as well. So wildlife are already known to carry some form of the virus, and they say there are 7 million viruses still out there that could potentially become pandemic. So it's important to keep a healthy population of these wild animals and to protect their habitat so that we avoid viruses from jumping or minimize the opportunities for viruses to jump from the wildlife to humans or wildlife to domestic animals and then to humans. For us to be able to do that, we need to keep their habitat areas healthy so that they are confined. You try to confine the viruses within their natural host. So not only do we want to highlight the beauty of our mountains, 
not only do we want to preserve our rich biodiversity, but we also want to keep ourselves healthy and safe from disease. At yan po ang ating teka-teka. Bago tayo tuloy ang magpaalam, we leave you with this. Do you know what this is about? Well, siyempre po, nalulungkot tayo dyan. No? Dahil ibig sabihin, mas maraming maghihirap sa pagbagal ng ating uh, pag-unlad. Pero yan naman po ay naging resulta ng uh, pandemya at ng mga sigalot na sunod-sunod na dumaan sa ating bansa. Kaya po natin to babangon tayo. Do. We will do better in 2021. We'll tell you the story behind that soundbite in our next episode. Follow our page Teka Teka for more news stories and Puma Podcast for more updates on our new podcast. Muli ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako si Kat Ventura, the executive producer of Teka Teka. This episode was edited by Mark Casillian with reports from Josa Quinones and Trisha Aquino. Follow Teka Teka on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Maraming salamat po. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.